Today, we are talking about my absolute favorite tax strategy of all times. It is not only fairly straightforward and easy to implement, um, it's something that pretty much every business owner can take advantage of. And it also comes with a few warnings and a few things that people just do wrong uh, in my own experience. So I want to talk through exactly what those are so that you don't make those mistakes. So let's jump in. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals, but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really boring? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from my clients who used to feel this way. They felt overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish they could stop the financial madness. They wanted clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics and know the protocol when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS. But they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm pulled them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy-to-understand financial tips, and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. So dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. I've noticed in recent months and really over the last year or two that a lot of people on TikTok and Instagram that are making social content related to taxes, they talk about this particular strategy fairly frequently. It's one of the strategies that has gotten a lot of press and people are really all about about it. And it's merited because it is one of those strategies that a lot of people can benefit from. I dare say every business owner can benefit from. And so I wanted to jump in it today because I think a lot of what is left out when various people on social media talk about this particular strategy are the things that you have to make sure you're doing right. And really that's with every strategy. When it comes to reducing your taxes, making sure that you're optimized, you want to make sure that you follow the rules. It is so important. I I can't even emphasize it enough how important it is to make sure you're following the rules. It wouldn't ever be an issue if you're never audited. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) If you're never audited, then who really cares? But in the instance that you are audited and you do have to prove all of these things to an IRS agent, you really want to make sure that you're doing it the right way and you're doing it the right way from the beginning rather than having to backtrack and create a bunch of documentation and try to fix things that is a whole lot more stressful than just doing it the right way from the beginning and making sure that you're following the rules that the IRS lay out. Any time you have a strategy like this, the IRS puts in their code, so in the tax code, there are rules to follow. It's their black and white, it's law. So basically what happens is Congress enacts laws and then the IRS is then making sure that those laws are being followed. So all of the tax strategies, all of these various things that I talk about on my podcast and that maybe you hear about on social media If it's being done legally, then there are laws that back that up. And in those laws, they kind of tell you what you need to be doing. And then when you take it a step further, there are U.S. tax court cases and there's regulations and other things, publications that the IRS puts out in the form of U.S. tax court cases. These are actually people that have been audited 
they push back against the IRS and say, no, I should be getting these write-offs. And they actually go to court over it. And sometimes the taxpayer wins and sometimes they lose. And so when you reference those tax court cases, there's a whole lot of great information in it so, so that you know what you should and should not be doing. So let's jump into it. So what is the strategy that we're even talking about today? Um, I've had a bit of a buildup. So my favorite strategy, drum roll, please, is the Augusta loophole. I love the Augusta loophole. It is one of those things that really covers a wide breadth of uses and you can really get a lot of benefit from it. I've done other podcasts on this particular strategy, so I'm not going to go heavy into actually how uh, the law is read and exactly what goes into it. But I will say essentially what happens is the business rents your home from you. And then by doing so, the business can have things like shareholder meetings, maybe sales meetings, end of year meetings, planning meetings, marketing meetings. There's just a lot of application when it comes to this particular strategy. What happens is, is that you need to have some documentation to make sure that it's done properly um, in order to get the biggest bang for your buck. So let's talk about the three mistakes that I find the business owners make when they're utilizing the Augusta loophole. So the first mistake is that there is no rental agreement. It is really important that you have a rental agreement between the business and you personally. It seems silly because most business owners kind of view the business as themselves, that particularly if you're an S-Corp partnership or a C-Corp, the IRS isn't viewing it that way. They are viewing it as two separate entities. And frankly, if you have an LLC, it's separate from you as well. Just because you view it that way, that it's one and the same, does not mean that the IRS does. So you want to have a rental agreement between the business and you personally, so that really all of the various specifications are laid out what the day rate is, how many days it can be rented, if there's any other ancillary cost in it. It doesn't have to be a very long agreement, but you do want to have something in place because essentially what happens is that it is... I wanted to take a moment really quick to let you know that the Tax Savings Institute is live. I am super excited about this. This has been uh, very much in the works for years. I have wanted to put together some sort of a course where I can teach you all of my tips and tricks and the things that I know. Up until this point, I've never shared it with honestly anyone. I mean, even my tax clients that I have helped them reduce their taxes, I do the work, but I've not really taught them how to do it all, how to take control, really implement these tax savings on their own at this level. Go sign up for the Tax Savings Institute now. Take your small business finance in your own hands, your tax savings in your own hands. Go sign up. It's super affordable. Not only do you get all of my tips and tricks and all the savings and all the things that I do for my clients that I work with one-on-one, you get it for a fraction of the cost. This is honestly, it's so super cheap that I've been told I'm crazy for offering it this cheap. So go uh, in the link in the podcast, sign up for it. When you do it right now, you actually also get a live Zoom with me twice a month and you can come on and ask whatever questions that you have of me. Honestly, my hourly rate is a lot more than even this one module of the Tax Savings Institute. So if you're able to come on and leverage my time on these Zooms and bring the questions that you have, it's just a no brainer. So go into the podcast notes right now, sign up for the Tax Savings Institute, and I promise you won't regret it.
one form of creating a more solid case in your favor. If you get audited and you don't have any sort of a rental agreement in place, if that was the only thing that was missing, it might not be a big deal, but it sure helps. It is absolutely in your favor to have that agreement in place. You want to know what all the details are, who the agreement's between, etc. And it just, again, it creates a more solid fact pattern, a more solid case in your favor to make sure that the IRS realizes this, this is legitimate, that this is a legitimate rental agreement between two different entities. The second issue, the second mistake that I find business owners make when it comes to utilizing the Augusta loophole is that there is no documentation. So they're taking the rental expense, the money's being moved, everything is good, but there isn't any documentation on what those meetings are for. What is the meeting for? What is going on? Why did you need it? Why is this important? What was reviewed? Were there various documents that were reviewed? Who was, who attended it? What all, like, what was the point of having the meeting? You need to have all these things. And it doesn't have to be very lengthy and laborious to have this. It's not like you have to have a ton of stuff, but you should have some sort of documentation and backup. It's really easy to have just an Excel spreadsheet with dates, topics, who attended. By the way, it can be just you as the business owner. It doesn't have to be multiple people in there. If it's a husband-wife business owner combo, then if it's both of you, great. If there are other team members that are involved in those meetings, maybe it's a training meeting and your whole team is doing it, then great. Put all that in there so that you have backup documentation. That way, you're not having to come up with this um, at the last minute, putting these things together and trying to figure it all out. The third thing that I find that business owners are making a mistake on when it comes to the Augusta loophole is that the comps are too long, low. So whenever you rent your home out, that's the big question is how much can I rent it out for? The main thing is, is the more that you can get that shows and proves this rental rate, the higher those dollar amounts are, the bigger tax benefit that you get. So what is appropriate? I find a lot of people go to look for rental comps for properties that are like their house. They'll go on like Airbnb and they'll get a nightly rate. And that nightly rate might be $200, $300, $400 a night. And they use that for their home. Well, that's better than nothing. That's not wrong per se, but it is super, super low. I'm not looking for a nightly rate. I'm looking for an hourly rate. I want to know if I rent my house out for the day, what is that going to go for? And you want to look at various websites that provide that information to you. Peer Space is one of them that I like. I have a few different ones that I use, but you want to find something that some sort of comp on other houses or other work environments. There's a lot of companies various businesses that kind of do this. Um, we have a bunch of them in Houston, but where as a business owner, you can go and rent just an office or you can go and rent a conference room for an hour or for a day or what have you. That is an option as well. But even those places, the hourly rate can be lower. And um, the one that we utilize, I believe the conference room is like $25 an hour. And um, I think they have a bigger conference room. That's kind of your basic. I think six people can sit in there. 
they have a larger one, and I think that might be $50 an hour. But even that, that is more than oftentimes on Airbnb or VRBO, but that is still really low. I want those quotes to be kind of dependent on your area. If you're more rural and country and you're not in a big city, the rates aren't going to be as much, and you may not have the ability to get comps like this. And sometimes I run into that, and it is harder. And if you're in a bigger city or in a suburb, something like that, then you should be able to get really good comps. And I've seen anything from, you know, eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars a day, all the way up to like four thousand dollars a day, depending on where the taxpayer is located. So the comps, that is critical. It's key. I mean, imagine the difference between two hundred dollars for a day and four thousand dollars for a day. That's massive. So you want to make sure that you get really good comps as well so that you can take the biggest deduction possible. And I've, I told you I had three things for you. I'm actually going to give you a little bonus because there is a fourth thing that I see that people don't do as well. And let's just throw in five. We're going to go for two more. How about that? <laughs> I want to make sure you guys are doing this the right way. So the fourth thing that I see is that you're not giving yourself a 1099 at the end of the year. It's important to make sure it's documented with the IRS uh, for a rent payment on the 1099. And then lastly, the thing that I see is that the money's not actually moved. So at the end of the year, the taxpayer says, oh, I did the Augusta loophole. I should be able to get this deduction, but they didn't actually pay themselves the rent. And so they end up just offsetting and do like an ownership contribution, something like that. And while that is not necessarily going to get the deduction thrown out, it's got a high probability that it would under audit, especially if you haven't done some of these other things. If let's just say you first heard about the Augusta loophole with your CPA and now it's tax time and you definitely can prove that you used your house for this deduction in a prior year, and then you're going to go ahead and immediately start using it and moving the money over. That is a much easier argument to get into with an IRS agent versus never moving the money never actually do anything about it. And then it is really looking fishy that the money didn't go over. So while it's not the worst part, the worst offense that I would say, I would also suggest that you really need to be moving the money over. You should be either writing yourself a good old fashioned check, doing yourself just a a transfer between accounts and making sure that it's coded properly into the uh, expense account. Um, But for sure, make sure that you are paying yourself these rental day rate rental amounts because it is just another box to check and legitimizing the whole thing. Let's just say you're under audit and the IRS says, well, where's your rental agreement? Then there is none. And they say, okay, well, where's your 1099 at the end of the year? And there is none. And then they say, okay, well, did you move the money over? Or like, can you show me voided checks or some sort of a transfer between the business and you personally? And you can't. That's three strikes. Pretty sure the deduction is getting thrown out and you're going to owe the IRS the money. So that's what I'm wanting you to avoid. You want to make sure you do all this the right way. Like I said, with all tax strategy, it's just important to do the very best you can to document things, do it the right way, follow the letter of the law, make sure that you are covering your basis. A CYA, if I've ever known one, do the right thing. Make sure that you're doing it the way that the IRS wants you to. If there are U.S. tax court cases that can be reviewed and you can see where other taxpayers have done it in ways that got the deduction thrown out, make sure you're not doing those things because all of this does matter. It all makes a big difference and you want to make sure uh, that you're following the rules. 
So with that said, I hope this has been helpful to you. Um, if you've been making any of these kind of cardinal sins, if you will, um, go ahead and just start doing it differently today. You know, don't worry about going back and making a big hurrah over trying to fix this stuff. But start doing it the right way. That's all you can do. And, and like I said, if you're ever audited, the IRS, I think will respect the fact that you recognize, hey, I didn't realize I needed to do these things. And then I made a change. And now I am. That speaks volumes, right? It's kind of like if your child has done something they shouldn't have and they bring it to you and say, hey, I did this thing and I shouldn't have and I recognize that, then the consequences are a lot different than if you find out about it and they don't fess up. Kind of the same thing. So with that said, hope this has been helpful. And uh, as always, would love it if you would leave me a five-star review. It is super helpful when it comes to getting the word out of my podcast to other people just like you that really just need to understand more about their business finances and do a better job and reduce their taxes as a result. So be sure to leave me a five-star review, share this with a friend if you have found this helpful, and I cannot wait until next time.